The record button has been pressed, so it is time for... Joel's Finding the Flow. Like, real philosophical sort of discussions. You know when people get high? <laughs> it's pure Joel. Don't count your fans before they hit. I think I'm open I mean, your I'm in my mind head. with I think I'm gonna hit. Finding the flow with Joel Franklin. Hello everybody. Today I have a guest Violetta Sapienza. Um, she is one a member here. Um, she spends most of her time in a wheelchair. She uh, she has her hair done by the hair hairdresser every week, um, and she always it comes to all the possible um, musical events that happen, including my my weekly uh, music that I do with the with the um, at at the at the care unit. Uh, where they all group up in the Goethe room, which is a kind of a event room, and we sing songs or play some classical music. And so, you know, Violetta is very appreciative of that, and and she uh, she's just you know always there and supporting and 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 doing try you know just always always ready to to jump into something like that, and. It's always nice to see her. She always has a smile on her face, and she always appreciates what we can do. But it's also tough, you know, because she's she's older and needs to be cared for in many ways. That's that's you know, that is a loss of independence, which I I try to talk a little bit about it. But you know, I've been talking to most people, asking the questions um, about what it's like to get older and to. Um, lose independence, and uh, it's it's interesting because you know various people are at various stages of it, and um, I I can only imagine how hard it can be. All right, so first things going on in my life is that it's springtime over here at the fellowship, and uh, so I don't know if it's me, uh, something that that happens with me or something that I've noticed as of now, or, or if it's just coincidence. But it seems like during the springtime, I get into this manic wave of of work, of getting myself involved in so many things and trying to get it all done. And uh, so right now I got fencing, a new area of pasture, um, I've got uh, uh, this new sales thing with the milk. Um, I got uh, compost, which is kind of a, a big deal, and I've been getting that organized. And and also all all the dairy initiatives that we're doing, as well as keeping up with the jobs at the at Hilltop House and whatnot. But um, I don't know if it's springtime or the fact that, you know, I'm mostly healed up. I still got some some injuries here and there that, that are very slow to go away. But um, I'm mostly healed up. And also, I think with the loss of weight and everything and, and the gaining of energy since I've, I've gotten off sugar, 
I think I think it's just snowballing and and I'm just finding my energy again. Um which I think for most people's standards is a little on the crazy side. Uh, another thing that uh, has been going around is once a month I've been playing in a little bluegrass band. And I don't know noth- anything about bluegrass. I uh, I know quite a bit about folk music. And and so, you know, and, and the blues and jazz. I mean, I don't, I don't know that much, but I know like it's more standards in that realm, realm than bluegrass. I mean, bluegrass, I just think of, you know, plucking mandolins and banjos and uh, singing harmonies. And I, I just can't think of any songs, you know, actual songs. So, uh, so you know, basically, I'm, I'm one of the better singers in the group. And, and so, but yet I know hardly any of the music. So, so, but it's a lot of fun. It's, I mean, we're basically, you know, practicing very minimally and then just getting out there and, and reading music and just kind of doing it on the spot. So also, uh, there, another interesting thing that's happened is, um, a couple very beloved people have passed away and sort of unexpectedly, but sort of, sort of expected in some sense. But the the first was um, this lady Marie, who was the most darling lady in the world. I, I would say a little little lady, but I mean it's not really that little. She had, she had a cute little New York accent, you know, and uh, and she was always like very pleasant and very very cordial and and nice, and she would um, give. She she would just she would always be modest and like very thankful for for help and not asking for help very much you know like just just always saying like you know trying to avoid bothering you and it was just it was just very very nice very sweet disposition and she was so grateful and uh, and there's some people on the other hand when it comes to care that are so the opposite so needy. And never that grateful for anything, and it's just so nice. And and then you know, and then Marie, I, it's to me, it seemed like all of a sudden. I mean, I had just been with her a few days before. Then all of a sudden, boom! Someone says, "Oh, just so you know, Marie died," and uh, you know, so I guess she she um, was having some, you know, uh, breathing issues or, or eating. I, I'm not sure, but it, it just it was it was pretty bad case and. This one got her, and um, so I was I was on early morning care the morning, so that starts at six in the morning, and she had died in the middle of the night. Um, so I was there when that happened. I, I was totally shocked. I mean, not only one that that she died, but also just the fact that she's just, you know, I just loved her so much. When it got to be breakfast time, the, one of the ladies came in there and said. Ooh, I saw Marie, you know, and I had seen Marie as well. And, you know, there's something about that when you see a person that has died that, you know, now has become an experience that I've had quite a bit of just in the last two years. Never before have I seen anybody, any human being that was actually dead. And uh, it's just, it's so obvious. There's such a an obvious like look of no life of a of a stiff stiffness a color you know that that just shows that the 
the animation, the spirit is gone. You know, it's interesting. And and so this is just the, the recent experience, you know, I um was that, you know, Marie's mother was gonna be coming and uh and and a lady at the kitchen told me, Oh, I saw Marie and she she her mouth was open, you know. And uh somebody should close her mouth, you know, it's more respectable. And uh you know, I didn't even think twice about that. I, I, I just, I just didn't know, you know. Um, so, so basically, you know, she kind of requested that, that maybe someone do something about that. So I went in there and, uh, with, you know, gloves on, I, I, uh, I went to try to push up her chin and it was stiff. You know, there's no, no ability to push it up anymore, but just to touch, touch her dead chin, you know, is, um, was, you know, an experience that, that was one new and also just, and also just such, such a confirming feeling, feeling of cold, cold, hard, stiff flesh, you know, and it, 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 it hit me a little, um, and I also felt bad that we couldn't couldn't shut the mouth, but uh, but either way, I just I just thought it was it was an interesting experience that I've, I've never had before. Um, and uh, then there was also just a, a, a man that just died today. His name is Miklos, and he he is another case altogether. He um, probably was in his 70s, 60s or 70s. And he, you know, had been working side by side with us like just three, four months ago. He would do uh, various um, field work and and help with medicine and care. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, I guess he for whatever reason, I think possibly just putting it off or, or not going to the doctor about it. He really got real, real sick, real fast. And, um, and then, uh, during that time, it seems like he knew that where he was headed, he probably didn't want to go. And so he was more, he wanted to die. I think, um, but regardless, you know, um, his sickness was, was bad enough. He, he passed away after about three or four weeks of dealing with this post-surgery and he was so skinny and so old looking when that happened. Um, and we'd help him as much as we could, but, um, I don't know, I get maybe there's part of him, maybe part of him being the fact that he had been a caregiver for so long, he just didn't want to have to worry about that. So Miklos passed away. And that that part is, is kind of new to me too, because that surprised me too, of course, because everyone loved Miklos. But all, the part that surprised or or is very new to me is just the fact that you know, that was someone that like, just like, you know, 
a month ago I was working right alongside of, you know, or three months ago. And that part of it is also makes it kind of a stronger feeling of loss and change. And how quick you can, things can happen. So, uh, I guess that's that. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Violetta Sapienza. Okay. Here I, we go. <laughs> I have Violetta with me in the in my little portable microphone studio, you could say. But we're in the comfort of Violetta's room where she's in her lovely uh, recliner, which serves her well. Um, though, have, have they repaired the parts on it? No, they haven't fixed it yet, but they're in the process of doing so. Yeah. So, um, Violetta, how old are you? When were you born? Oh, my goodness. I can't tell you how old I am, but uh, I can tell you I was born in, in, in 1918. 1918? Okay. Good, and I will not say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so, 1918, and where was it? In Buffalo, New York. So, you're Buffalo all the way. All the way. All right. So, so where does the story start? Do you have any siblings? Who were your parents? All my parents were wonderful people. My mother and dad both came from Italy. Ah. Your your last name is Sapienza, so you married Italian as well. What, what was Absolutely. Your, what was your maiden name? My maiden name was Shalino, S-C-I-O-L-I-N-O. Shalino. Whenever the teachers would call the roll in school and they would stop, Uh they would be through calling all the people with the names of, last name of Adams Uh and Jones and so forth, Uh and they'd stop and then I'd say, Shalino. <laughs> yeah, d- don't I, even try. <laughs> I knew they couldn't say it. <laughs> Shalino. Um, so uh, where, you were in Buffalo. Which part of Buffalo? Well, I say the rather central part. Central part? So you were near Delaware? Delaware Park, yeah. Near Delaware Park? Oh, beautiful. A block and a half from Delaware Park. That was when Buffalo was the the queen city, you know. It was was a beautiful city, and it still is. So what were some of the early memories in your life, or anything you could tell me? Just go ahead and say a little bio of yourself. about Buffalo. It was a nice place to be raised. And I know in the summer, we used to sprinkle the hose on on us, we get into our bathing suits, and yeah. someone would sprinkle a pros on us. We'd have a ball. Yeah, just simple fun, right? All, all simple fun. Yeah, things that didn't cost any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were you weren't in like an Italian part of town. No, not necessarily. No. Yeah, you were in kind of an eclectic part of Buffalo. I would say. Eclectic, don't try to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, so what did your parents do if you were living downtown? Well, my my dad was a salesman. Uh-huh. He sold clothing. And before that, he used to sell uh, Pillsbury uh-huh. flour. 
Pillsbury flour. Every every Wednesday he would go to Niagara Falls. Uh-huh. And my mother would drag out the rosary and pray <laughs> that he would get back safely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Niagara Falls is what like like twenty miles. Did um uh now Pillsbury? I mean, I know that uh, General Mills is in Buffalo. Was I mean Pillsbury Buffalo was in Niagara Falls. Pillsbury, okay, and and those are like competing companies. I would think so. Yeah, and and um, uh, Buffalo is known for its grain elevators. It's true, and so that must be part of why it's got such a a big, uh, you know, flower industry. I guess it's true. Yeah. So, what did your mom do? My my mother was doing a good job raising, raising five children. Five children. Okay. So Four but, girls and one boy. All right. What's your you in the order? I was the one in the middle. Right in the middle. I didn't get the ice skates because there's only money for the first two. Oh. I didn't get the piano lessons because there was only money for the first two. Yeah. And the piano teacher had to have her car fare paid for, too. So there was no no way I could get any of those privileges. But yeah. I did get hot chocolate <laughs> at, at Delaware Park Yeah. After, after the ice skating was over with. You must have gone to the zoo a lot. We went to the zoo often. Yeah, that's right. It was over only there. a block from where I lived. Yeah, yeah. And I lived right across the street from a Frank Lloyd Wright home. Oh, you're had, in that part of town. I had no idea it was a Frank Lloyd Wright home. Yeah. Until the cars all stopped on Sunday afternoon and everybody would get out of their car <laughs> and look around. Yeah. So I finally discovered... I was in a very good neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's one of the, I mean Buffalo's changed a lot these days and that's still one of the nicest parts of Buffalo. It um, certainly is. Even to this day cuz Buffalo has definitely urbanized a lot and um you know a lot of the wealth has left the city. Have um but I I don't want to skip over too much. So there's four girls, one boy, you said. And how? What you were middle? Uh, what's I was your, the one in the middle. Yeah, and my where brother was the, boy? was the youngest. Youngest? Oh boy, he had a whole bunch of sisters above him. We loved him very much. Yeah, he must have really been he coddled. Was a nice brother. Yep. Were you all close in age? Pretty close. Yep. Um. So, uh, what was your childhood like? What did you go to? Oh, a public? What wonderful! Yeah. We had a lot of fun growing up. Did you go to a Catholic school? No, we didn't. Went to public school. Yeah, which was on on uh, Delaware Avenue in Buffalo. Oh yeah, it was number ten school. Yeah, it was a very nice school. That that sounds lovely. Um, if there's anything you could tell me, like within that time that you were growing up, but we could skip over to to college and and stuff like that. Well, I didn't go to college. You didn't go to college. I went to the College of Hard Knocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My education was civil service exams that I took. Civil service? I was lucky. I got some really good positions because I passed highly on ah. the civil service examinations. Okay. And I got some really good jobs. So if you were born in 1918, then you were, you were coming of age and doing those things around 1926? No, I mean 1936. Something like that. So, so you were you were getting into the job market when the depression was still on. That's true. Yeah. So you you remember uh, Franklin Roosevelt? 
Oh, he was a good friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> Things were probably getting better right around then, right? I mean, it, it was just to get better. Just yeah. when the war was starting to heat up. Yeah. So, so what do you remember during those days? What what was happening in the, during the wartime? Like you, you. Well, I was one of the people that got into the service. Yeah, during World War but Two. Uh-huh. But I read in the paper that they were they were having people interviewed to to go into the service. Uh-huh. My sister and I volunteered for the Air Corps. The thing was they had these these meetings uh-huh. on, on Tuesday nights for people who were in, interested in helping, helping the cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got involved. My sister and I walked from our home on Porter Avenue downtown mm-hmm. in downtown Buffalo. Yep. And we did volunteer work to the effect that plotting on maps the position of planes in the air. Okay. And it was very interesting work. We did that for two hours in the morning. We went out to breakfast, and then we went to our regular jobs. Okay, so so you would do volunteer shifts. That's that's correct. And it would it would be keeping track of air traffic. That's that's correct. So, um, I mean, that must have been all over the place. Was that before America had got had committed? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, did anything change once? I mean, you did you you did get into the service. Yes, when they when they uh, when they decided to have the women's army corps, people who had been doing the volunteer work, the first opportunities to be interviewed for the service. Uh huh. And my sister and I both got into the women's army corps. We were in the first SWAC officer candidate class. Okay, and so what would be your role in that? Well, I, I was very fortunate. My army job was special services officer. I had charge of the post theater and the postal library. And we helped enlisted personnel get their high school equivalency diplomas. Okay. Yeah, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, you, you, you might <laughs> say, like, you, you talk about the military and you think, well, someone should have a gun sh- strapped on them and, and be out in the field shooting, right? But, I mean, there's so many jobs, you know. So many par- other jobs. So many other part jobs part of that, and it all matters. I mean, it reminds me of what it's like to have community here. We, we aren't all soldiers, you know. We're all, we're all sorts of people that need to help for the effort, you know. My mother had seven flags in her Seven stars and a flag window, which was the custom in those days. If you had people in the service, you had, had stars interesting. and a flag. Was there a reason it was seven stars? Yes, seven people in the family Ah, were in the I see. <laughs> <laughs> that was the reason for the seven stars. So that was, you know, kind of was a big start on your adulthood. It was a big thing. Yeah, I, I mean, so how, so, so during the one that you, the America committed to the war, were you still doing those jobs, uh, taking care of the um, high school equivalency and and uh, the library? Yeah. And then what did you do afterwards? When did you find? Uh, when did you find your husband? 
Oh, I didn't find him. He found me. He found you. <laughs> how did I find him? Well, I guess, how did you guys meet is a better way to well, we, well, we just met through through mutual friends. That was it. Yeah. He called me up one su- Sunday night to go out. I asked my mom, do you think I should go? <laughs> I said, I think somebody must have stood him up on a date because... Nobody calls you up on Sunday night to go out on Sunday night. I said, I don't think I should go. Yeah, a little weirded out. But my mother said, go. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? She said, what's his his name? I said, Anthony Sapienza. (laughs) Go. Yeah, (laughs) sounds like a nice Italian boy. (laughs) You got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was about 19 or 20. Okay, so that was well well, well before, you know, even all the war stuff happened. So so you were together during this this civil time. Did he end up in the in the war? He must have. Oh yeah, he was in the army. Yeah, did he end up fighting? He was in the army. Yeah. Yeah, what was Anthony? Anthony Sapienza. Tony. He used to say St. Anthony was named after him. He <laughs> <laughs> was very modest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, did he get into any serious action? Not that I know of. Yeah. But he was in the Army a long time. Yeah, I mean, that he, he would have been the perfect time to get started as soon as they were. He would probably was there from mm-hmm. the, the early 40s right to the end, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, boy. Where did, do you know where he fought? In Germany. In Germany? He was in Germany. Wow. Yeah. I can only imagine, you know, what, what that experience was like. Did he ever, did he come back different man? Oh, no, no. He enjoyed being in the service. Yeah. He probably, he probably got the better end of it, huh? I think so. Yeah. Now, I actually, I have to, I have to retrace one, one thing. Um, you know, I'm from Buffalo area too. And we're, bo- we're both Buffalonians. Good. And I just wanted to let you know, you know, that like, again, I mean, I told you before, but we, we got married over at Chestnut Ridge. Um, yes. the, the park, which is near Orchard Park. Um, and you were talking about what, what did you used to do over there? My, my mother and dad would take us to, to bog, toboggan sledding. Yeah. Yeah. On Sundays. Yeah, yeah. They have a great sled hill there. Yeah. Right during the wedding, we, all a the kids. Wonderful place. Yeah. We did it during the winter and all the kids were able to, to go out the door and sled whenever they wanted. It was fun. You can't say enough for the Buffalo area. You know, I think, um, I, I, I feel like the Buffalo, uh, is, is similar to, to the Midwestern sense, sens- sensibilities. You know, we tend to be a little less, hard edge as they are in the east coast we're more like a great great lake city I which, think so. which i think the people are nicer and we the, got lovely people there <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got to live with the people there but i mean i just i don't know i just always liked i mean i'm there's nothing wrong with the with the heart you know new yorkers and new jersey people and all that but i just i just prefer the 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 great lakes the midwest attitude i think it's a lot more softer and kinder and uh it's always nice to talk to a fellow buffalonian <laughs> it's a great city you got to get over there there's so much for for the size of it it has a lovely arts scene you got married did you get married or uh soon after you you knew him your husband well i got married i didn't think we'd get married right away a couple of years yeah so so you got married in the 40s early 40s yeah yeah well, I know we celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Our children gave us a party. 
Yeah. So that was nice. Oh, yeah, I bet. So, but I mean, 25th anniversary must have been a long time ago at this point. A lot of what? Long time ago. That would have been in the 70s, right? That was a long time ago. Yeah, it's a long time ago, but that that sounds like a good memory. So, um, when did you start having kids and what did you do after the war? What did I do after the war? Yeah. I went to the uh, New York State Employment Office. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I got a military leave from the position I had as a secretary before I got into the Army. But I don't think I should go back to what I was doing because of my experiences in the service. So there was a nice young man. His name was Charles Flanagan. He interviewed me, and I took another civil service exam, got the position of head of the registration department of the Buffalo Public Library. That's that sounds pretty like a pretty nice was, was, position. Was a wonderful job. Yeah. So, um, how did you do that for most of your life? I did it for quite a while. Yeah. When did you start having kids? Right away. Well, yeah, I think so. How many kids did you have? I had four, four children. Four children. Four daughters. Four daughters. All daughters. A lot of girls in your your family. <laughs> And so uh, do you think if you had a fifth one, it would have been the boy? <laughs> I never stopped to think about it. Yeah. One way or the other. I was just happy that my children were so well and happy. That's right. That That is that's the best way to be. So, um, so you probably had to have some time to be a mother. Oh, I did. <laughs> yeah. No, when I worked at the library, I didn't have any children. At that okay. Time. Okay. And so did you, did you take a break when, when the kids started coming? Not really. No, what did you do when the kids were there? Well, I, I got a uh, civil service job and worked as a director of volunteers oh, okay. at the Erie County Home in Alden, New York. Ald- oh, I know that. That's right by the prison, right? Yeah. I, I used to go there to do music therapy. Um, oh really? That's quite a big facility. It's it's a public home. Yeah. Yep. I know what you're talking about. It was. I thought it was interesting that they put it like right next to the prison. You know, it wasn't even like like it was like literally in the same uh, parking lot. I mean, do you remember that? Or is no, the, pr- I don't the pri- was the prison I don't not there that. before? Yeah. I don't recall that. Yeah, but I I, I have been there, and I, that, that, <laughs> that's interesting. Right on um, Route uh, well, I, Route Twenty, right? I, all I know on is Broadway. I had to drive forty two miles to work. Yeah. in the morning. Yeah, it's and it's forty two miles back. Yeah, and what night. did there was there's probably no expressways at that point. Forty two yeah. miles is a long drive. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So so it sounds like you had quite a big life. I mean, so busy, busy, busy. busy. busy life, and what yeah. did your husband do when he got My out of the war? Was an attorney. An attorney, okay. So he that's, had, that's good work. He had his his life cut out for him. Did he have a partnership? No, he didn't. He had his own own practice. Yeah. Ah, very interesting. So. How, um, I mean, do you have any interesting things to say or shall I skip over to the next phase of life? Oh, what's the next phase? The next phase is when the kids start leaving the house. Oh, when the kids start leaving. Leaving, yeah. Oh, it's so gradual. Yeah, exactly. You don't stop to think of it. Were they close together, close in age? They were pretty close. 
Yeah. They were good friends. All within yeah. a couple of years of each other? Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, you know, how did that work out? Did they all Worked kind of... Worked out fine. They all, they all go to college? They all do their own thing? I guess that's what you say. Yeah. <laughs> they all do their own thing. Yeah? Any, anything interesting to say? Well, there? my one, one daughter got married and, and went to live in Istanbul, Turkey. Oh, well, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> She's still there. <laughs> Istanbul, Turkey. Yeah. What what in the world made that happen? Susan, well, her husband was offered. She had she had one child, and she had another one on the way, and he was offered a, a position in Istanbul, Turkey. Okay. So she said, Mother, I didn't want to be in America with my husband in Istanbul, Turkey. Uh-huh. So I joined him there. And she's still there. <laughs> <laughs> and she's had a lot of kids, right? Seven. Seven kids. Yeah. And two daughters are married. Yeah. So you got some great grandchildren. Great grandchildren, yes. What was it like to have your first grandchild? Very, very nice. Yeah. I mean, I from what I hear, you know, it's worth making it that long because it's a lot more easy to be to have grandchildren because you. You know, you don't have to take care of the chores, <laughs> but you get to enjoy them regardless, right? You can say that again. <laughs> who, who, who was your? When did you have your first grandchild? A year after the first one was married. Yeah, Susan was. Susan it? was she the oldest? I'm just curious. I um, so she had seven kids. I was one of seven kids. You know. Oh, you. I yeah, didn't I, had know a, that. I had a big family. Yeah. You came from a big family. That's right. That's, yeah. It's fun to grow up in a big family. Yep. You're. You know. You tend to be poor, but you're. You're. It doesn't rich, matter. Rich in company. You know. Oh, yeah. It really doesn't matter, and it's. It's actually. It's. It really. A lot of times, it comes out very well. You're tight. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful. Um. So, how many grandchildren do you have now? Two. Just two. Wait, no, you have to have at least seven. <laughs> how, how many grandchildren do you have oh, total? I never have to count. Do you? Do, oh, you, you said two. Do you have great grandchildren? Is that what you mean? You have two, yeah. two great grandchildren. Yeah. Wow, you're a great grandma. Did you ever think that would happen? Never. <laughs> right, so, um, did you change? Did anything change with your life once your children left the house? Did you change no. your job or did you no. start doing anything? No. What, what was the hobby that you liked? No hobbies, <laughs> just children. <laughs> yeah, you're a mom. Anything you just like to do when you had your own time? Well, I love sports. I always, oh, yeah? love to swim. Oh, you were a swimmer? Yeah, I ah. love to swim. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. What sort of way yeah. did you do it? Did you ever p- well, play like in high school or or, or do it uh, no, recreationally no, or, or did you just do it? No, just... For pure pleasure. So, what? What about your husband? Did how? When? Oh, he was an attorney, so yeah, he he worked very, along very successful. Uh, basically, you. So you've you've been widowed, I'm sure. Too long. Too long. When did your? How does that? How did that work out with your husband? Well, my husband died in my arms on the way to the hospital oh. with my daughter driving the car. So when we got to the hospital. The doctor said, how long has he been like this? I said, I don't know what you mean. Not 10 minutes ago, he walked into this car. Yeah. It was a real shocker. Did he have a heart attack? What else? Yeah, exactly. Must have been. Uh, How old was he? I never stopped to think about how old he was. 
but it was many years too ago. Too young. Yeah. Was it, too young today. Was it decades ago at this point? Yeah. Decades. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you spent quite a while living on your own. Did you stay in the same house after he passed? Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah. Yep. Did you have any daughters that stuck around while you were by yourself, or was it just you? It, was it on and off? or yeah. So long ago. I, I can imagine. <laughs> so do you remember um, when when you ended up moving here? You had to move here through necessity, right? Oh, yeah. What What was the well, first? My, my, my daughter had a friend whose mother lived here. Okay. She spoke very highly of this place. Yeah. Did did so, uh so, so that's why she, she applied, but we had to wait till there was space to get in. Yeah. They had so many applications. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So, what was the first like final straw where you knew you had to do something that you had to live in an assisted home? Did you have a fall? Did you did you like well, I still don't know how I got into a wheelchair. Oh, yeah? I'm going to try to find that out. <laughs> because I've been in a wheelchair ever since I came here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, that must have been maybe part of the thing. So, so I don't know what the story is. In fact, it's one of the things I've got to look into. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a little foggy these days. Very foggy. Yeah, I, I can understand. So so maybe something happened that you can't remember, but that was probably the thing that made you, the same thing that put you in a wheelchair was the same thing that made you have to move here. Probably. Yeah. So I just, sometimes I'd like to talk about, like, the experience of becoming dependent Oh, that must have been, that would have been a shocker. Yeah. I don't know how it happened. But how is it Some now? Some of the things I don't remember. That's okay. We don't need to know exactly why, but I want to know, how is it like to be have to be able to depend on people to take care of horrible. you? Horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Just uh, tell, tell me how it is, yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It's a constant nightmare. Yeah. In what way? That you can't do one single thing for yourself. Yeah. It's very difficult to live a life when you can't do a thing for yourself. Like, uh, could you have any examples? I can't get up to brush my teeth. Yeah. I can't get up for anything. Get up to use the bathroom. You can't You can't go take a shower on your own. No. And and all these things, do, do you try to avoid it as much as you can? Well, there's no way of avoiding it. Yeah. There are certain things you have to go through. In daily living, yeah, that they take very good care of us here. Yeah, do you, do you ever like? Did you find that any of it got easier over time? No, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah, if anything, <laughs> it gets harder, huh? <laughs> yeah, because because basically, you know, like like you, it's 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 a gradual decline. And you that's, have to be more and more in, in dependent. This and, is true. And you weren't used to getting being dependent to begin with. I was always very independent. Yeah. So, uh, how do you spend your days now? What's What's the highlight? Being very bored. Being very bored. <laughs> yeah. Is um, now I know that the priest comes once a week, which is very nice. You You are a Catholic. Yes, I am. And And the priest comes to give you communion. It must be a nice nice part of the week. It's, it's something that I look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. And your daughter lives not too far. One of your daughters. She's, Carol, she's a high school 
art teacher. High school art teacher. In New York City. And, and her husband is quite, quite a... Pianist. Quite accomplished. Yes, and he, he works in Oneonta College. He's a professor of music. Yeah, that's, that's quite impressive. And, uh, so they, they show up almost once a week. I see them quite often. Which is nice. And, um, and this place, uh, um, what, what are some of the things like that, that makes this place such a nice place? Well, everyone's so helpful. Yeah. They really treat you very well. They treat you very nicely. Do you like the fact that there's like, um, the intergenerational, that there's kids around? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's nice to see that it brings a little, and and also there. I mean, you you te- you come to a lot of the cultural events here, right? We have a lot of nice things going on. Yeah, there's there's a lot of music. Just Sunday, we had a wonderful ba- concert. Yeah, that was so, Sunday um, afternoon. Marcus yeah. playing the piano. Yeah, yeah, and right, he, yeah. he's very phenomenal. Yeah. This the, there's a Eurythmy school right across the street from us here. And uh, that they, he's the regular pianist for that the school, and it's a very, it's very accomplished, yeah, very accomplished, and and a very um, high level, you know, music or artistic pro- program there, and so they have a very, very, very good piano player, and uh, I think he he's he was doing the concert, um, a round of concerts for fundraising, and it's it's such a service for this place. Wonderful. And have you made some friends since you've been here? Not not close friends. Yeah. Most of the people are not people I would choose to be my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. It's just it's just your lot, you know. I mean you just the way it is. Yeah, and you you know and you probably don't have much independence in how you move to around. That's true. Do you think that has a big effect on your social life? Absolutely. Because you have no choice. Absolutely. Yeah. So so basically, you end up spending a lot of time on your chair, or or sitting at the dining room, <laughs> or sitting sitting in the Goethe room, and just plop you there, plop you there, plop you there. But all in all, you probably find. I mean, you have to say you find some joys. Oh yeah, through, through the week. A happy place to be. It is a happy place to be, oh, and yeah. even though it's obviously understandable that being in the condition where you're constantly dealing with with pain and the ability to move and the ability to do anything independently, it must be very hard to go it's very day, difficult. By, day by day. I was very independent. All right. Well, that that's. I mean, that could be it. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, unless you have, I mean, I would love to hear any any little tidbits, any little trivia that you'd like to say. But if 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 you feel satisfied, I'm fine. I'm satisfied. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It was it was a pleasure to hear hear a little bit about your life.